We live in a world plagued by pornography, and people are looking for help. When an individual struggles with pornography, they often turn to their church leader for that help. How does a leader help a person overcome the shame of this issue and start seeing positive progress? How can a leader help youth to open up about struggles with pornography? What are some lasting, proven tactics that actually make a difference? In order to help, Leading Saints has created the Liberating Saints Library with more than 20 presentations featuring individuals who have a unique perspective or expertise around this topic. Three of those most popular sessions are available to watch now. Simply text the word LEAD to 474747 to start watching now or visit leadingsaints.org liberating. It came as a result of a position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When the declaration was made concerning the only, only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness, the loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability. Leading Saints is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping Latter-day Saints be better prepared to lead. And we do that through content creation, like this podcast, which we hope you will subscribe to. We also have a website at leadingsaints.org with thousands of incredible articles all about leadership in the context of being a Latter-day Saint. We host virtual summits, live events, and also have a weekly newsletter to keep you up to date on all things happening with Leading Saints. Visit leadingsaints.org for more information. Today I'm at uh, Skyline High Seminary, which is in the east side of Salt Lake City with Rachel Wagner. How are you, Rachel? I'm doing great. <laughs> awesome. Now you are the outgoing, this is June 2021. You graduated just barely. Yes, I did. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you were, uh, this past year during the school year, you were the Seminary Council President of, what, what does that mean exactly? So at Skyline, we have a Seminary Council and we had 20 members on it. And basically we meet weekly and talk about different activities we can do for the seminary students at Skyline. And I was the president of that. So I was the head. I was in charge of um, reminding people about meetings and getting in touch with different committee heads and just making sure everything ran smoothly. Yeah. And there may be some youth listening that, that don't have release time seminary. Maybe they do early morning. And, and so maybe this concept of a seminary council is completely new to them. <laughs> but in Utah, where, is, or where there are release time seminaries, we have the, you have the council of students that serve the other students in relation to seminary, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Perfect. And uh, so you were called to the seminary council and uh, then later you were called as, as the president of the council. So what do you remember of both being called to the seminary council and then when they, or how do they go about help making you the president? So I was really hoping I'd be on seminary council, but obviously if you're not on it, it doesn't mean the people who are on it are better than you or not. And so sure. I was just kind of hoping, but I'd be okay with either way. And when I was called, I was so excited. 
my dad was actually able to set me apart, which was really a cool experience. Oh, but cool. he called he's in me, the state presidency, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yeah. He called me into his office and told me and it was just a really cool experience. And I was super excited and also a little nervous, which I think is completely normal, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but really excited. And at one of our retreats, we got together as a seminary council and we started learning about different leadership qualities that we should work on and strive to have. And this was in the summer before school started. And the seminary teachers pulled me aside into a little office and they asked if I'd be the seminary council president. And I was did not expect that that day when I got there, but I just felt the spirit testify that um, this is what was right. And so I said yes. And it's been such an amazing experience for me. Yeah. And this is pretty cool because obviously there's some roles in the, you know, church structure that aren't available to women, you know, because they involve the priesthood. And so it's cool that this is one more opportunity for a woman to, to serve in, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's cool. So just starting into that, like, where did you begin? Because I know I had the opportunity and I do this every year is come to the Skyline Seminary and I we just sort of do some leadership uh, workshops and things with the, the seminary council. But I'm... and. <laughs> I don't expect you to take anything from that, but um, where did you start when you decided to be, or when you when you were called as the president, where do you begin to be president? Mm-hmm. To be completely honest, it took like a month or so okay. to really figure out what I was supposed to do because this is all new to me. <laughs> yeah. But the biggest thing for me was just um, praying a lot and asking Heavenly Father to help me because I knew that if I was trying my best and trying to do what was right, that he would help me figure out what was best. And a big help was also getting to know the people on council. Mm. Um, I loved reaching out to them and finding the different qualities and traits that they had. And that was super helpful for me because I was able to better understand like the impact the council can have on each other. And we also talked about conflict, which I thought was interesting at the beginning of this year, how it's important to listen to everyone's ideas because everyone comes from different backgrounds and the spirit speaks differently to us. And so with conflict, we talked about the importance of speaking up, even if your idea was different than others, because Christ will speak to all of us. And so I think that was really helpful to me to understand that it's important to listen to everyone's ideas. Yeah. And so did you, how did the meeting structure go as far as, you know, week to week? Did you have a weekly council meeting or monthly or how did that work? Yeah. So we would meet every Friday and it's been nice with COVID because we've had distance learning Fridays. So we were able to meet together in person in the mornings. Mm. Um, And we just would start off with like a thought and a prayer and then we'd have all the committee heads. So we had three committee heads and we'd have them come up and share kind of what we're working on and what we'd like to accomplish within the next week. And we'd also sometimes just brainstorm ideas of what we want to do moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And then would you sort of act as you'd facilitate those meetings? You would, would you lead the the discussion or make sure everybody's being heard or have, what was your role in those meetings? Yes. So I would assign someone a thought and prayer every week and I'd reach out before our meetings to the committee heads to make sure they knew what we're talking about and like what we need to accomplish that week. And then during the meeting, I would get up and kind of lead it, say, next we're doing this and this. And I also tried to really focus on everyone and to hear everyone's ideas because I think some people might feel like they can kind of fall back and just listen, but mm-hmm. it's important to hear everyone. And so I tried to create an environment that was loving and welcoming. Yes. Yeah. So. And was there anything specific you did to create that environment? I think reaching out to everyone on council on a personal level was super mm-hmm. important. Just letting them know that I did recognize them and that I think their ideas are important. And so I'd try to text people if they weren't there saying, hey, we missed you at the meeting today. 
And I try to also reach out to people who haven't heard for a while to give the thought and prayer because that can help them kind of get going in the meetings. Yeah, so. that's interesting because there's this idea of uh, um, once you, when you're in a group setting, once you hear your voice in that setting, you're more likely to share that voice throughout mm-hmm. the meeting, right? And so getting them up in the front uh, in the beginning to share a, a scripture or a thought, right? That got mm-hmm. them the, the, the moving with, with participating, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's awesome. Um, anything else uh, as far as facilitating that meeting like if you go back in time to to you know rachel on day one and you give you give yourself any advice as far as how to facilitate those meetings what anything you would you'd say in addition i would recommend just so i like to keep like a planner with me and i'd like to write down the things that we were going to cover before so that we were able to kind of stay on track but i think also being prayerful and taking time to listen to the spirit because Sometimes we'd be planning activities and we'd feel like we needed to move in a different direction. So I think it's also important to be willing to kind of move away from the schedule, but it's also important to have a schedule so you can stay on track when you need to. And so you sort of gave yourself permission to, if Mm -hmm. the spirit takes me one way, I'm going to go that way and Mm -hmm. don't always have to follow the agenda, right? Awesome. Well, as we do on these How I Lead uh, interviews is I had you send me a list of some leadership principles that maybe uh, you would recommend to other incoming seminary presidents, really any youth leaders, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. not everybody's going to get a chance to be the seminary president, but uh, there's a lot of leadership opportunities for youth in obviously in the church. So the first one you put is feast upon the words of Christ and say two kneeling prayers every day. Tell me about that. So I feel like as a leader, it's really important to have a close relationship with Jesus Christ because then you're able to better hear him and receive revelation to move his work forward. And I think one of the big ways that we can develop this relationship with Christ is by feasting upon the words of Christ every day and also saying two kneeling prayers every day. Um, I just kind of want to share experience that I had about two years ago. Um, My schedule was so crazy because high school life is very busy. (laughs) And I felt like I was constantly um, doing something, whether it was homework or I was at music lessons or doing a sport of some sort. And at the end of every day, I'd read my scriptures, but I was so tired. It was hard to get something out of them. And I felt like it just wasn't quite working, but I didn't know what to do because my schedule was so busy. And so um, I was at EFY one summer and one of the teachers quoted Ezra Taft Benson. And he said, "Um, when we put God first, all other things fall into their proper place or drop out of our lives. And that hit me so hard. And it made me realize that I wasn't putting God first in my life. And so I decided um, to read my scriptures as soon as I got home from school. Before I did my homework, before I went and practiced the piano, I would read my scriptures first and I would say a kneeling prayer. And as I did that, I was amazed at all I was able to accomplish throughout my day. But not only that, I was amazed at how my relationship with Christ grew and I was better able to hear Him and feel His love for me. And I also think along with that scripture study, it's important to say two kneeling prayers a day because... It just shows Christ that you really care about your relationship with Him, and it shows respect, and it's easier to just focus on Him. And so as we started Seminary Council at the beginning of this year, I felt like since I had that relationship with Christ, it was a lot easier to turn to Him and ask Him questions and receive answers. And I like to compare this to like an airplane analogy, how mm-hmm. the flight attendants always tell us in an emergency to put on our masks first before we help others. And I think it's important that we have our own testimony and that we have our own relationship with Christ before we help others, because then we can be more effective if we do have that 
And so the beginning of this year, I just challenged all of council to feast upon the words of Christ every day and say two kneeling prayers because when we were all doing that together, it was easier for us to all just fill the spirit and move forward together, move God's work forward. That's cool. So this became sort of a, a theme in, mm-hmm. in the council that you would encourage the council to yes. sit in mm-hmm. those two kneeling prayers a day. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And I love that just sort of, you know, you can just, obviously you could just say, well, just pray a couple times a day or just pray two days, but sort of encouraging this physical cadence of kneeling down and, and praying probably helps, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's cool. You talk about busyness and, and <laughs> as a teenager in, in high school and yeah, it is, things are busy, you know, and it can become overwhelming to youth. And for adult youth leaders, we sometimes have a difficult time maybe truly understanding the full scope of what they're experiencing, or we dismiss it like, ah, you just wait till you're my age, then you know what busyness is, right? And what would you say that has helped us understand sort of the busyness that they go through? And then what encouragement? I mean, how did you lead with that in mind to, you know, the youth as far as knowing that they're really busy and, but you want them to find hope in Jesus Christ and so forth? Does, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So I would say, first of all, I love being busy just because I feel like I'm doing stuff and getting stuff done, but yeah. it can be hard to find time to fulfill other callings. But I think it is important to remember that when we do make time for the Lord, He makes time for us and He recognizes effort and He appreciates effort a lot. And so when we are willing to fulfill our callings or jump in and volunteer, then He will help us with our other activities or studies. And I think, I know you mentioned how youth leaders, how they can better recognize that in the Mm -hmm. youth. And I think just supporting the youth too is super important by saying like, hey, I know you're busy. Would you also be willing to do this? Or I'd love to come and support you or I can help in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Just sort of engaging there in their Mm -hmm. life as well. Right. Awesome. Uh, The next principle you put is love and accept everyone for who they are. How did you do that? So I often like to think, what would Christ do in this situation? And when I think of Christ, I think of love. He never turned anyone away. He loves all his children perfectly. And so when we got together at seminary council, we'd focus on the students at Skyline and we'd think, what do they need the most? And often it was just love. In Christ, he I like to think of his atonement, how he atoned for the sins of everyone. He didn't just pick and choose who he wanted and said, oh, I'll, I'll help you, but not you. He atoned for every one of his children. And he loves them all perfectly. And I believe that we are his disciples. We are his hands. And he wants us to go out and just to love everyone. And I think it's important to love everyone around you and to also love people on your council. So on seminary council, we had 20 members. And I remember we got together. Um, it was at our retreat. And one of our seminary teachers did a lesson where he had us type in responses on our phone to a question on the board. And the responses would show up on a screen and they were all anonymous. And the question was, what trials are you going through? And as the responses showed up, they were really hard to read. There was some heavy Mm -hmm. stuff. And I looked around at the people in that room and I had no idea they were going through these things. And that just helped me realize that you really don't know what people are going through, that everyone has their own trials. And so if you're willing to reach out to love as Christ would, then you can make a difference in people's lives. And sometimes people think too, we just need to convert everyone that we meet and like invite them to church. But sometimes people just need love and they need to know that they are cared about. And so I think it's just important to make the extra effort to go out and to serve others and to love them. Mm-hmm. 
And so maybe dig more into that as far as what did that love look like as far as like the day-to-day or, you know, as you walk the halls of school or was there habits or routines that you did to really manifest that love? Mm-hmm. There are, I feel like so many different ways you can do it. And some main ways that we did as a seminary council is we would heart attack people. So when we heard about someone who maybe was going through a trial or needed some extra love, we would get together and we cut out a bunch of hearts and write encouraging <laughs> notes and we'd go put them on someone's door and ring the doorbell and run away. And it was cool just to hear from other people how that really made their day. And we also talked about as a seminary council, those simple things, how just looking someone in the eye and calling them by name can mean so much to them. And so we tried to work on learning people's names in our seminary classes and we'd hold open the door when people would walk into seminary and we try to call them by name and welcome them into the seminary building because just like calling someone by name helps them realize that they're noticed and mm-hmm. that they're cared about. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that activity, you know, typing in anonymously, the trials that you're experiencing. And that's sort of what breaks my heart with youth a lot is I know they're dealing with so much, but it's, you know, it's hard for them to open up with mm-hmm. people. Maybe that's more natural with peer to peer rather than opening up to an adult. How would you coach like a youth leader to better understand the trial that they're going through or figure out what trials they're they're experiencing mm-hmm. the youth are experiencing. Yeah. So I think it's important to just kind of assume that everyone's going through something pretty hard because sometimes mm. people are open about it and will tell you what they're going through, but sometimes they feel like or they just don't want to, they feel a little closed off. And so I think with everyone you meet, it's just important to speak kindly to them and to reach out to them. And it's it may look different for everyone. It may just be a kind text to someone or maybe a visit in person. But I think just being kind to everyone is the best thing you can do. And whether or not they're going through something really hard doesn't matter because everyone can use some love. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, The next principle we put is you get out what you put in. Yes. So I feel like one thing I was nervous about with counsel is that some people would kind of fall back and let others kind of take over. And I think just in life, sometimes we can do that. It may feel like it's just easier to go back, but I wanted everyone on council to realize that their opinions and what they had to say really is important because we are all given different spiritual gifts. And when we use those, then it's easier to help benefit everyone. And so as I was reflecting back on all the activities we did as a seminary council, it was fun to think of how it blessed other people's lives. And I thought like if we didn't do those activities, life would still move on and People may be fine, but I don't think it's about surviving. It's more about thriving. How when we really put in that effort, we can help people feel better about themselves and come into Christ. And I think also this applies to just our personal lives and also to counsel as, as a whole. How uh, for me personally, I think if I didn't put in as much effort as I did, I would have kind of dreaded going to meetings. But since I did put in that effort, it was much more enjoyable and we were better able to hear the spirit and move forward. And as a council, since everyone jumped in and participated, we were able to expand our circle and bless more lives. And so I really believe that the Lord, He recognizes our efforts and He blesses us when we put in effort. Yeah, that's awesome. It takes me back to President Nelson's quote, the Lord loves effort, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's awesome. So what did the bad days for you look like, like the hard days as a leader? Like help us peek into the the day of a bad life of a youth leader. I mean, what frustrated you or what what struggles came up uh, during those days? Mm -hmm. I feel like 
it was a little hard at the beginning when we first got together because number one, all of us didn't really know exactly what we were doing and we Mm. kind of had to find where we were going. And I think it's important to remember that not everything's going to go perfectly because we all learn in life and no one's perfect. So yeah, it was kind of hard to follow up with some people at the beginning because I, for one, didn't really know him super well. And so I had to make that extra effort. But something we kind of struggled with was just getting things done by deadlines. But I feel very blessed um, to say that we had a wonderful council. And as we started getting in the groove of things, people kind of found their place and it was easier to follow up on assignments and we were able to accomplish things. But it definitely did take some time at the beginning. Mm. And I think we all had to be patient with each other. Yeah, I love that. Like there were times where we're just like, what are we doing? Right? <laughs> yeah. Like what's the point here? And it's so easy in leadership to get, uh, you know, go through the motions. Like well, this is our weekly meeting and, you know, mm-hmm. who's got the devotional, who's got the prayer and you kind of get caught up in the, in the routine of it. But to, as a leader, to step back and say, okay, let's, let's reconnect to our purpose, right? What mm-hmm. is it that we're doing, trying to accomplish? And that will probably alleviate some of the, uh, the confusion and that turns into a bad experience. You know, it's just like, man, I go to these meetings and I don't know what we're doing, but <laughs> and that's a great thing you yes. can do as a leader. Right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. The last principle you put is be open to all ideas. And you've touched on this a little bit, but uh, yes. what else is there to learn there? So I believe that personal revelation goes, it's spread, it's distributed. And that's one reason why we don't just have presidents and that's all. Um, we have counselors and committees and other people to hear, to lean on and to hear their ideas. And at the beginning of this year, we had to pick a seminary themed scripture. And we chose one from the Book of Mormon because that's what we were studying at the time. But it was quite a long process to choose that theme scripture. We had everyone on council bring their favorite scripture to a meeting we had. And we slowly started eliminating these scriptures. And we got down to two scriptures. And this took about like almost two hours. So it took a very long time. Mm. We got down to two scriptures. And I felt like it was the first scripture. I was so set on that. I was like, yes, we need to pick the first scripture. But as a council, we were all kind of divided. And so the teachers just invited us to leave the room and go pray about it. And so I left the room and I went outside and I just said a prayer and I read both scriptures and I asked Heavenly Father which one was right. And I was really shocked by the impression I had. It was to choose the second scripture. And just a few minutes ago, I felt like it, it was the first one. I was so certain, but I wasn't really listening to the spirit. And as I took that time to really just think about it and to listen, I felt like it was the second scripture. And so we came back together as a council. And we talked about the two scriptures again, and we all came to the conclusion that it was the second scripture. And that was just a cool experience for me because here I felt so certain about the first scripture. And I read the second scripture earlier that day, and I felt like it wasn't right. But when I really prayed about it, I got the answer that it was that second scripture. And it helped me realize that someone else received revelation that they needed to add the scripture to our list. And I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful they did because it's really blessed the lives of students. Yeah. And that was kind of different from my experience when we chose our second theme scripture because we moved to the Doctrine and Covenants where with Come Follow Me. So we decided to choose a new one for that one. Like at the beginning um, of the year, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. And we did the same thing. We came with our favorite scriptures and we talked about them and we got down to two. And I felt like it was the second scripture that time. And I went and I prayed about it. And I was expecting this big moment where it's like, oh, you're wrong. It's the first one, actually. But I felt like it was still the second one. And when we came back together, we felt like that was the right scripture. And as I just compare those two experiences, it's just cool to see how the Spirit really spoke to all of us. And 
how when we brought our ideas together, we were able to learn from each other and just how it's so important to listen to the spirit hmm. because it speaks differently to everyone. Nice. So I got to ask, what was the what were the scriptures of the, of the year? Yes. So <laughs> for the first half of the year, it was Alma 33, 23, which talks about planning the word in our hearts. And the word also means Jesus Christ. So we kind of focused on how we can plant Christ in our hearts and how our testimonies can grow. And then the second scripture was DNC 6, 20 through 21. And that I love the imagery in that scripture of Christ wrapping his arms around us, how he loves us so much and he's the light of the world. Hmm. Awesome. Sounds yeah. inspired to me. So that's great. <laughs> Anything, you know, you talk about different activities you planned and, and different things you did. Like uh, basically, I just, I'm curious what what you did just to, sh- it's always fun to share ideas and hear, you know, how this seminary did yeah. whatever. So any ideas that you thought, wow, that really worked well, or I'm glad we did it that way or anything mm-hmm. you had? Yeah. So we focused a lot on love, share, and invite this year. And we would try to find activities that kind of go with that. And so one activity I really loved went with invite. And after school, we would do these prayer meetings where we would invite everyone to come. Our goal was to invite everyone, not just seminary students, but to reach out to Skyline students of all different faiths. And we'd meet together and we would have someone share a thought and someone would say a quick prayer. And it only took about five minutes every day, but it was just really cool to come and gather together and to just focus on Christ together as one. And that was a cool experience because when we first started, there were only a few people, but over time it just grew and we tried to invite others from different faiths to come and to maybe share a thought or a prayer. Hmm. And that was just such a cool experience for us. So students of other faiths. Yeah, that's what our goal was to just share it with everyone. And so this would be every day? Yes. Every day after school. Mm -hmm. And they would you just walk over to the seminary building right after school ended. Yep. And it'd be a short quick yep. thought, prayer, and mm-hmm. see you later type yep. thing. That's yeah. awesome. That's super, awesome. Super, super fun. Anything you did as far as you said, you know, and you tried to invite everybody, anything you did, it was just being proactive in in class or in, in between classes or? Yes. Yeah. One thing that was really nice was after last period, I would just go over to some people and like, hey, do you want to come to prayer meeting really quick? It's super quick, just like five minutes. And I think it was helpful being able to like walk out of the school to go home with people and to just invite them because they're already leaving. They're like, oh yeah, I got five more minutes. Yeah. And so they just come with us, which nice. is really fun. And then you would identify maybe, obviously not every day, but you'd identify somebody who wasn't a Latter-day Saint and just, how would you make that invitation to do the devotional or just share or something? I feel like it's important to just invite everyone, whether they are a Latter-day Saint or not. And so I assigned people in council to be in charge of the prayer and thought for Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday oh, and cool. Thursday. And so I just told them um, to just find someone. And sometimes they were members and sometimes they weren't. But one thing that I thought was really cool is we told them to give the instruction to be more universal in their prayers. So instead of saying, like, thank you so much for seminary, um, you could say, thank you for all the students at Skyline. Oh, yeah. Or, and try to use the word Skyline oh. more than seminary. Oh, so. interesting. That's a great tip because like, you can just sort of default to some of this, uh-huh. this language you use, but to make our our prayers more inclusive, right? Mm-hmm. Of everybody yes. that you're trying to to love and influence. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yep. Any other activities or routines you did yes. in seminary? Yeah. For love, we did what we called the ministering will or the will of love. Oh, I think and, I saw it. It's uh-huh. like, like the will of fortune type. Yes. Will, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. So we got an actual will, which is super fun. <laughs> and we wrote a bunch of different service ideas on it. And at the beginning of each week, so either the Monday or Tuesday, since we're AB schedule, 
all the seminary council members in that period would go around to the classes and bring the wheel in. And we'd have someone from class spin it. And it was super fun. We'd try to like play music and get them really excited. <laughs> like a game show, right? Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and we'd have them spin it. And then we'd write down that service idea on the board under like their class period. And we'd go back to their class every week and we'd ask them um, how it went, if they did the service activity, and then we'd have them spin it again. And it was just a hmm. fun way to go out and serve. And the so service- what was an example of a service activity on the wheel or whatever? So the activities weren't necessarily like super hard. We wanted yeah. students to realize that they can just serve in their everyday lives. And so an example would be we had like sticky note a car, which is fun, or send a scripture to someone over text or make a phone call to a friend you haven't talked to for a while. Oh, cool. So just simple things like that. Yeah, and I can see like even youth leaders like having in young women's sort of every week you blow out the wheel and mm-hmm. you have to spin. And, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and that makes it fun. You know, you make the activities fun rather than you must go give five hours of service at the soup kitchen. Like, yeah. oh, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> yes. you know? So make it yeah. easy, but, uh, but fun and, and mm-hmm. uh, awesome. Any other activities? We're going to squeeze yeah. them all out of you. Um, so a simple one we did for share was we bought a bunch of What Would Jesus Do bracelets and we handed them out to the students and then invited the students to um, hand them out to other people over at Skyline. And it was so amazing to just go through the hallways at school and to just see all these bracelets. And we ended up having to order more because we had so many people coming back saying, hey, can I get two for two friends? And can I you know, get a bunch of bracelets to share with people? And I think that was just super simple, but really cool. I had a few people asked me, hey, what are those bracelets for? And I was able to kind of share what they mean and stuff. Hmm. So that was really cool. And so people saw them around school and, uh-huh. and it's like, this yeah. is the new fad. Like, where did you get that? <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's cool. Anything else? We did several assemblies, which is fun. And with COVID, we kind of had to do them differently because normally everyone in period would meet together and just do one big assembly. Hmm. But we had to meet in classes, but it actually ended up being really cool. We did this one assembly where we focused on the talents of students and how they like to share the gospel. And so it was basically all music and artwork. And we just asked for a bunch of submissions. And this was around Christmas time. So it was kind of our Christmas assembly. And it was fun to just show it to all the classes because I think it's different when you can hear from your peers and you can see what they're doing. And so that was really special. Wow. So this was like a like you displayed them around the yes, seminary building? Yeah. Is so that... we, we've all combined it kind of on a PowerPoint and oh, we had okay. the teachers show it to all their classes. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. So it wasn't like you had a gallery somewhere, but just uh, mm-hmm. people could see them through the PowerPoint and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And you did, uh, I was participating in this. You had uh, maybe near the end, you had a, a Friday morning Friday. side. Is that? Uh, yes. Yeah, so we had Friday forums. Which Friday forums. Really and I was fun. a speaker for one of those. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, how did those, those work? Those are so fun. So Normally we would do like in-person devotionals in the mornings before school would start. But when COVID happened, we didn't have late start Mondays. And so we were thinking, how can we still do this? And so we thought, why not do Friday for him since we're distance learning and we don't have school or we have school from home on Fridays. And so we would just invite different speakers every month to come and speak over Zoom. And um, we were kind of nervous at first how Zoom would work, but I think it ended up being really cool because... It was so easy for students to just hop on. And so we had lots of people joining. And it was cool to see the numbers on the bottom of the screen, how it just keep going up throughout the meeting as people joined. But that was a really cool experience yeah. for us. Yeah. And when you do those things, it's interesting. You can get all sorts of different kind of speakers because it's all remote. Mm-hmm. So yes. they don't have to be, yeah. you know, down the street or whatever. And mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure you got some, some cool speakers there. So any other activities worth mentioning or um, things you did or... Yeah, there is actually one assembly I also love that... 
I'd like to touch on is yeah. um, we did kind of a light of Christ assembly. And one thing we kind of missed was hearing from other teachers because in assembly, sometimes you get to hear from them. And so we decided to actually do like rotations where the teachers moved instead of the students with COVID. Hmm. And so that was really cool for me to just hear like a quick mini lesson, like five to 10 minutes from each teacher and how we they took like different views on the light of Christ. And so that was a really cool assembly. And I think lots of people enjoyed that. So this would, so you go to your normal seminary class, mm-hmm. but then a new teacher would come in and teach a shorter a short lesson. Yes, uh huh, uh-huh. yeah. These assemblies would be like once a week, or so. This was just a one time thing we did, oh, okay. and we had all the teachers rotate in one period, so oh, you cool. get to hear from everyone in just like one. Oh, period, nice! And then so. by the end of the period, you've heard it from everybody, and mm-hmm. you're done. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Any other activities? These are all good. I, people are like writing these down. Like, oh, we could do a version of that, you know, so. That covers most of it. Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anything else we're missing in general before we wrap up? Anything in your notes you want to make sure we hit on or, or maybe um, we got it? I think it's just important to remember or to be patient with yourself because hmm. I feel like it's easy for maybe you to feel like they have to be perfect and that they have to excel in everything they do. But it's important to remember that we're all in this together and we're all learning together. And sometimes things will go wrong, but if you are trying, um, the Lord will help you and bless you. Yeah. Awesome. That's great advice. And uh, probably the question you've got most over the last few months is, what now, Rachel? What, what are you going to do with your life? So uh, <laughs> yeah. what now that you're done with school, you're you're done with the seminary yes. council responsibilities? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's next? So I actually have my mission call awesome. and I'm going to serve in Bena Kotonou, which is on the coast of West Africa. And so I start at Home MPC October 4th and I will be speaking French. So I'm really excited. Awesome. And you've done the French immersion program. So you've yes. got a head start, uh-huh. right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I did Spanish and I knew nothing oh, about awesome. I'm so jealous, <laughs> but I did learn it. So um, awesome. that's awesome. And October, hopefully, I mean, let's cross our fingers, maybe... Your mom won't like to hear this, but home maybe home <laughs> MTC won't be a thing. I don't know. But I, don't, uh, I yeah. love my MTC experience. Well, mm-hmm. that I say that in a different way. But by the end of it, I loved my MTC experience. Uh, and so yes. maybe you'll get that chance. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, yeah, you're still headed to Africa. And uh, mm-hmm. man, what an experience. Yeah, That'll I'm be really awesome. excited. And I mean, what a blessing seminary council has probably been for you to in mm-hmm. preparation for that. You know, not everybody gets huge it, blessing. but, you know, there's a lot of leadership opportunities ahead of you. And that'll yeah, be great. So a huge blessing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. The last question I have for you is, as you reflect on this past year, being a leader, the seminary council president, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? I love that. I think whenever we serve others and we lead, we are acting as Christ would and we are being his hands. And I like to think about what Christ did and his whole life. He just spent serving others and loving others. And when we lead, we are able to serve others as he did and we're able to move his work forward. And I think I've also, I know I've learned a lot of stuff about myself as I've led, and it's been cool to turn to Christ and to focus on different attributes that he had and to try to work on them. And it's just been such a cool experience for me. And that concludes this How I Lead interview. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I would ask you, could you take a minute and drop this link in an email, on social media, in a text, wherever it makes the most sense and share it with somebody who could relate to this experience. And this is how we develop as leaders, just hearing what the other guy's doing, trying some things out, testing, adjusting for your area. And uh, 
that's where great leadership's discovered, right? So we would love to have you uh, share this with uh, somebody in this calling or a related calling, and that would be great. And also, if you know somebody, uh, any type of leader, who would be a fantastic guest on the How I Lead segment, reach out to us. Go to leadingsaints.org slash contact. Maybe send this individual an email letting them know that you're going to be suggesting their name for this interview. We'll reach out to them and uh, see if we can line them up. So again, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact, and there you can submit all the information and let us know. And maybe they will be on a future How I Lead segment on the Leading Saints podcast. And remember, text the word LEAD to 474747 in order to access the three most popular sessions of the Liberating Saints Library. Thank you.